When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. Another episode of Simply Amazing. I'm Tim Ryder, Taryn Sharma, back as always. What's happening, man? Nothing much. Uh, another series win, uh, albeit with uh, some bad news along the way. Oh yeah, you know, that's just uh, the, old, the old tale of being a Mets fan. Yeah, here's the good news, but don't forget, here's the bad news. <laughs> um, that's exactly right. You know, I guess last time we spoke was before the Seattle series. Mets finally lost the series. Yeah. And through the week, it almost looked like they were about to lose another one. But, man, they keep on, uh, they keep on fighting back. Yeah, and, uh, and today, you know, they, they find a way to, to pick each other up. So, Escobar, tough play. A uh, couple of tough second, plays. Yeah, second time this series that he's had uh, a tough one. But um, the, uh, the big meat, Pete. He picks him up. Uh, big, incredible big run. Oh my goodness. What a shot. You know, and even, you know, Gary Cohen, who's just like consummate professional. As soon as it left the bat, he's like, Oh, the Mets win the ball game. It's over. That thing hasn't even landed yet. It just, um, yeah. You know, like, like you said, I mean, all the bad news and we'll get to that in a second. If this team has been dealt just in the past couple of days. Yeah. Um, you know, Let's, of course, you know, I guess we'll jump right into it. Max Scherzer, um, I do have the quote here from the Mets. A moderate to high-grade internal oblique strain. The yeah. general timeline for recovery is around six to eight weeks. But uh, I think all-star break is probably going to be uh, the window there. Or hopefully, if nothing goes wrong, if everything stays on track. But, you know, Max pulls himself out in the sixth inning on – Wednesday. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, he goes into the locker room, the clubhouse knows something that this isn't good. This is bad. And what do they do? They respond with a five run eighth and just blow the, uh, you know, blow the, blow the birds off of St. Louis's chest. It was, uh, <laughs> it was very cool. Uh, you know, that's, and I thought that was something to certainly um, appreciate. And then today, of course, you know, they get the same news that we do, of course, likely way before they now they know that Max is out for a while. And what do they do? They just they, they never stop. You know, they never stop punching. And they did it a bunch of times this week and they almost did it against the Mariners last weekend. Yeah. And it was nice to see, uh, you know, Pete gets up in another situation where he has a chance to win the ball ballgame um, and, and, and he does it. So. That was uh, that was awesome. It was a great response on all counts by the team, and uh, they just they're going to keep fighting. Uh, but it was nice to win today because with Max being out, that increases the uh, importance of every single one of the Bassett, Carrasco, Walker, and hopefully McGill starts because you don't know what that fifth is going to be. Like, is it going to be good, David Peterson? Is it going to be Cahill? Is it going to be 
uh, Trevor Williams. Like we're not necessarily sure. Uh, so it, it just puts a little bit more pressure on the guys that we do know, all our known quantities. Oh, sure. And then, you know, <laughs> the whole next man up um, mentality, it, it's, you know, we know how important that is, of course. But, boy, I mean, we, we've seen this team tested year in and year out, and it feels like it's, it's an annual thing now. You know, now they have the depth to actually withstand it. Uh, I don't think anyone expected them to lose to Grom and Scherzer for extended periods of time. But, I mean, if you look up and down, I mean, Chris Bassett, he's been phenomenal. One of the best pitchers in the majors again this year. It's like he does it every year. Um, Carlos Carrasco has been greatly improved. Taiwan Walker, even battling through those back issues, he's going to be a um, a force. I mean, if he's if you know in a perfect world, if he's your number five, you're in real good shape. And even if you have to slide David Peterson and and, and Trevor Williams into the rotation, who have both looked good at times this year, you know. Yeah. I, I can't say with certainty that that's sustainable through the summer. I, I don't think that, you know, I think that one, this organization, this front office uh, has bigger plans for, for, for making it work. I don't think they're going to solely rely on who's here. And you got to hope that McGill is back from the, um, the biceps tendonitis. I believe yeah. he's eligible next Friday, Friday the 27th to return Start playing catch today. So that was a good, good bit of news. That's, you know, it's very good news. And even Jake, Jake is, um, I guess he got the okay to start. I don't want to say ramping up. He's not close to that point yet, but he's throwing, he's, he's adding velocity. He's getting ready to get into shape, into game shape. Um, you know, he's at least, you know, you have to think at least six weeks still away. He's got to get all the way healthy, then, you know, ramp himself up. But, you know, you have to start wondering whether the Mets are going to go out and, and explore the trade market. And I said it on Twitter this morning before the Max News came out. I said, hey, you know, this group might be able to get it done, but that's really a short-term solution. And with the aspirations this team has, you know, maybe you start exploring the trade market before you lose all your leverage. And I think by, uh, you know, by 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock on, on Thursday, the Mets might have lost a bunch of leverage. That's right. Yeah. And it's very rare for high end capable starting pitchers to be dealt before Memorial Day. So I'm not sure if we uh, necessarily would have seen anything, even if they had pulled the trigger right now. Uh, they're making the small move with Cahill. He was OK a couple of years ago. Uh, it, it, really, what they're going to need is about like 15 to 20 starts, uh, a guy to go out there and just give you like four innings. And, and not get battered because if, if they do that and then, again, the known quantities do their job, then we have an opportunity to tread water and, and stay above. The good news is that, look, as, as we're looking at the standings today, Mets are seven games up in the division. And I know that that number sounds scary because uh, we saw them <laughs> blow a seven-game lead with 17 games to go. Uh, that didn't uh, happen. Stop lying, Taryn. That, that <laughs> never happened. But I've, uh, I've locked that up in, in in a box inside another box inside a vault in the back of my head. <laughs> I don't. I have no recollection, and I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> well, uh, if that had happened, it would have been. <laughs> and uh, and so, I think everyone is fearful, especially because last year we saw what happened when Degrom went down. That. Uh, it was very difficult to find good starting pitching. So 
I think we have better guys on staff. I think, you know, McGill is, is a year further along. Peterson has looked good when he's gone down um, in his most recent start. And, uh, and so I'm hopeful that together with Bassett and hopefully Walker will stay healthy, uh, that these guys can, can keep it going, especially if cookie is what he has been. Cause the key is going to be in those 15 starts. Can you avoid the bullpen? Um, like having to carry too much of the load, um, you know, or, or I should say outside of those 15 starts, because if those guys are, are, are main pitchers can give you like six, seven innings, like that's massive. That, that makes the difference between, um, you know, opening the door to your relievers having further injury or, uh, or not. Cause yeah. if they're overworked, then that's going to you know, probably cause additional problems. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's part of the problem. Well, I guess part of the, the uphill climb that the Mets faced last year was, you know, coming off of the COVID break or the COVID pause and all that. And then the, and the, the funky schedule, you have guys who are, um, weren't really prepared to go out and go seven innings every time they go out. You know, I, I think it's still a gamble going through the order a third time with a, with a starter, but I think we've seen Bucky's ready to throw, you know, anybody out there as far as the relievers, throw them out there for a second inning. Well, I, I, you know, I see the pitfalls to sending a, you know, I don't want to say, you know, it could be anybody because, you know, if any team gets three looks at a guy, you know, chances are they're, they're going to do better the third time through. The numbers just, you know, say, say as much. But I think, like you were saying, if they can get six innings out of, I think Bassett and Carrasco, I think that's almost a given now. Even Taiwan Walker's been terrific. But, you know, if you can go out and get six innings from Peterson or get six innings from Williams or get six innings from um, uh, Cahill, who, I'll be honest. I barely caught that in glance in passing up between, uh, you know, dinner and, and such. I only briefly saw that, but um, you know, you can make it work, but again, I just don't know if that's sustainable to get through a summer in a league. That's it's not even just a league. It's a sport that's just so prone to ups and downs and peaks and valleys. I mean, we're going to get into the offense in the second half, but it, it's a, you know, a perfect example of how quick things can go sour or how quick they can turn around for that matter. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it, it is a tough spot of the schedule too, uh, for the Mets. They're about to go on this West coast trip. That's six game trip. Uh, they'll be gone, um, this weekend and then middle of the next week. But these three games in Colorado suddenly become a little bit more important. Uh, you, they kind of need to, keep whatever momentum they have going because then they have to go to San Francisco. Those games are probably going to be pretty tough. And then you come back and then those Phillies games, uh, which they have a a week from tomorrow uh, starting that series and and then proceeding into a series with Washington, all of these games are, are winnable, but they're very important that they, that they have a, a good stretch of, you know, 12 games right here, because after that, then they go on another West coast trip at the beginning of June. They have to face the Dodgers for four games. They have to face the, uh, the Padres who have been playing good baseball for three games. And then they have to face the angels for three games and the angels have been good too. So all of those games, those 10 games 
are going to be extremely challenging. They're all going to be on the West Coast. And, uh, and so, again, you just want to have them continue to uh, build up this lead and hope that Atlanta and Philadelphia lose some more games so that they don't necessarily have to stress about this so much while they wait for their, their studs to get back. Yeah. See, now, all right, so what do they have? They said you have 12 games, and then you get into that real tough part of the schedule. So you're going through this, this kind of makeshift rotation two, maybe three times. You're going to get a good idea of what you're working with here. Right. If things do start to go south, um, I think there are quite a few very viable options out there on the trade market. Um, you know, I, I know there's Dom Smith has a lot of fans, but if Dom Smith's unhappy here, that could turn into an issue in the clubhouse. And this is a clubhouse that you really don't want to mess with chemistry. You don't want to mess with vibes in this clubhouse. It, it feels like it feels like once they put their mind to doing something, they do their darndest to get it done. But if Dom Smith's not happy here and he does want to be moved, you know, you don't necessarily have to just shop around to the teams that are out of it in the standings. Like, you know, you could look at, at Arizona. They have some really nice starters. I, I would take a flyer on Madison Bumgarner if he had any interest in leaving there. I believe he has a no trade clause, but um, he might, I, I honestly, I don't know, but um, you know, the D backs, I, I really, I looked in Detroit. I'm not really crazy about who's there. You have to assume that Montes, um, Oakland is going to hold on to Montes until, you know, the highest bidder comes in at the deadline, but worth a phone call. Uh, Luis Castillo had a, he's had a very, very tough start to the year, but everybody knows his potential. Mm -hmm. I give, and this is a guy who struggled and I don't want to take heat for it because his stuff is fantastic. Aaron Savali has dropped to like the guardians fifth starter. Mm -hmm. This is someone that I would one, they need a first baseman. Bobby Bradley is not, hasn't really cut it there. Um, I know that I believe they've turned to Owen Miller. Who had a nice, really nice run, but you know, I don't think he's a long-term solution there. I believe Dom Smith could fit very, very well in Cleveland. I think that the, he could get he can get regular playing time uh, with Fran Reyes and 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 whoever else they're switching out of the DH spot. I think he could probably get reps everywhere. Um, and I know they they don't really like to put Fran Reyes in the outfield, so even if you have Dom to put out there, you know he's played the corner spots, but. Aaron Savali, I think, could really fit in. I think that this pitching staff and the pitching coaches um, could really, you know, get him back to where he was. And he, he had a quite a high ceiling, I believe. Him and uh, him and Bieber, I uh, believe it was last year, really, really had some terrific starts when put together. But, you know, Herman Marquez, who the Mets, I don't know if they're going to see him this weekend, but he's had a very tough start to the year. And the Rockies are a little more competitive than most anticipated, but – Hey, if there's, you know, if there's a deal to be made and maybe a, if it's a, whether it's a Dom Smith, if he really is that unhappy and you have to move him, like we'll talk about him a little in the second half because his offense is, is notable, but or lack of offense, I should say, but there are options. Even back to the D backs, see if Merrill Kelly might be available if they're going to be in the basement. I know they like, they want to build around him and uh, Zach Gallen, but boy, you know, if you could dangle a, a nice prospect and a major league ready player, there's a lot of teams that might say, oh, we're not moving them. But if they hear, oh, we could pick a prospect outside of these three or four and, and we get a Dom Smith or maybe even a J.D. Davis, 
okay. Or, you know, do what you got to do. I, I guess there's so many options. And I, I, you know, I think once you start floating names and floating, Hey, we're actually looking to make a real deal. You might even get more suitors come out of the woods saying, Oh, what could we get for this guy? I don't want to speculate on who that might be, but you know, I think Gary Cohen mentioned Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs. I know the Cubs love him. The fans love him. He's been, you know, once he finds his groove, he's consistent for a month or so, a month, two, three, maybe. There's a lot of options out there. Are you quick to pull a trigger on on a, on a trade if it makes sense? If 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 you want to reinforce to that point? Yeah. Well, you know, I I think the part of the issue for the Mets is that there's not necessarily so much internal help that can show up right away. It's not like there are a bunch of kids down there that are ready to play right now. Like I, I look at the twins, right? Like the twins don't have the the best rotation, but they've had um, like pretty good pitching. And now that, uh, that Paddock is done for the year, like they can maybe dream about like bringing up, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but Valzovich, or, uh, or, or some of the other younger arms that they have. Uh, Valamont? No, 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 Jordan Ballas. Uh, Jordan Balazovic, but then you know, I think they also have Chris Valamont, who's supposed to be a stud. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and then uh, I think, like, Caterino uh, is his name. But they uh, – so they have some guys that they might think about bringing up, and, and I don't think the Mets necessarily have that. But with a guy like Hendricks, that seems – so the Mets' competitive advantage for the first time in our life is their ability to spend money. And if you look at the money that Hendricks is owed, because he, he signed that, uh, that four-year, $55 million deal uh, a couple years ago, he's, he's owed uh, 14 the rest of this year. Um, he's owed 14 next year. And I believe that there is a, uh, an option for 16 in 2024, and he's going to be 34 in that year. So – that's the type of contract that maybe the Mets can eat and, uh, and you get solid production out of it and allow uh, Chicago, I guess they're rebuilding. I'm not necessarily sure. So allowing them to, to dump some money and it's such a, str- I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you. This is a strange situation in Chicago. You have to like, are you rebuilding? Are you actually going to push? Are you just kind of spinning your wheels? It, we're going to have some couple of Cubs fans on later in the summer. They're going to have to explain to us. Yeah, and, and you know they gave Stroman that contract. Stroman's a pretty good pitcher, but he's ready to pitch for a contender now. So, um, look, they're fifteen and twenty-one. They're eight games back in the division. Uh, I I don't necessarily see them making a push, right? Like Milwaukee's good and St. Louis is good, but they're behind Pittsburgh right now in the division. So they got to figure out what exactly they're doing. Um, yeah, I, I think Hendricks would be a, a great trade target. Um, yeah, Marquez, I like that name. Um, I saw Savale a couple weeks ago. Uh, he really struggled in the first inning. Uh, gave up a home run to Buxton, which isn't surprising. He's like second in the bigs for home runs. But then uh, also um, gave up a, a moonshot to uh, Jorge Polanco. Uh, but then after that, he settled down. And I think he gave them six innings and basically gave up two or three runs. So, um yeah, if you're just looking for guys that are going to eat innings, and again, that's what we've talked about, then that's good. Whether we want to give up somebody like Dom, we can talk more about that based on Dom's comments. But um, yeah, I, again, I agree with you. There's so many options out there. A lot of guys are are, are going to be in the trade market. So yeah, 
I'm not sure if the Mets would do themselves any favors by, by going early, but that's what you have to weigh, right? Like you have to weigh leverage at the deadline. Like uh, at what point is the team who's got the player going to be worried about not getting enough for him or, uh, you know, staying afloat while we wait for the, the two best pitchers um, in, the, in the division to come back. Two best pitchers in the world to come back. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back because I do want to get into the, um, the uh, I don't want to call it a, sl- a sputtering offense, but a, a slumping offense who might have found their way, but uh, also want to get into Dom too. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. And uh, since it does tie into the rest of the offense, I think we should kick things off in the second half with Dom Smith. Um, He did have some comments earlier this week that I believe Andy Martino of SNY, who we haven't really heard much of lately, which is odd, but um, yeah, yeah, I I don't think he's been on Twitter at all. Uh, We heard, I guess, right before the season started that Dom would be willing to, uh, to be traded, that he, he was looking for, for regular playing time and um, echoed those sentiments himself this week, which was, um, I guess, something that you don't really want to see go public at the, you know, at the point that the Mets are at when they're doing so well. But I, I, I wrote it at the Apple in, in early April when I guess this, the first time around. And it, to me, it makes sense. I mean, this is a guy who paid his dues here. Um, if there's not going to be an opportunity for him here, then, you know, yeah, maybe it's time to move on. But in the same breath, he, he serves, a, you know, he serves a very, very valuable purpose to this team. Um, it might not be the situation that he wants. And, I, you know, I get that. He doesn't want to spin his wheels. But, in this, you know, it, it, he wants to go out and be a major league player. And he feels he's capable to do it, of doing it. And I think we've seen his – when he plays every day or, or close to it, um, he, he's a more productive player. And I think we've seen him hit his – his high points and their terrific high points, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is a distraction. Let's share his comments. Let's share his comments in full. uh, Oh, you have them. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he said it's a, it's a story that was published in Newsday on Thursday. He says, if there's a team out there that wants me to play and wants me to play every day, I would love to play every day. That's just how I feel about that. But then he clarified, um, before the game on Thursday saying that he didn't come out and say that he wanted to go somewhere else. He said, I think everyone in this locker room would like to play every day. Uh, Guillaume, JD Davis, Jankowski, myself. That's what we all grind so hard at as a young kid. And that's what we dream about. If you feel like you meet any big leaguer, who's okay with being on the bench. I just can't see anybody saying that or happy to be a bench player. Everybody has their roles on a team and you have to be realistic with that. But there's not too many guys walking around this league that are happy to be a bench guy. 
And uh, and he said that all he can do is be prepared to, to play. And everything else is about putting the Mets in the best position to win. And then he, he closed by saying that we have a great team. We're in first place. Great culture, great atmosphere, great group, group of guys. I'm having a blast. It's super fun grinding with these guys every day. Uh, he's, he goes on to say that he he has enjoyed learning from Buck. He likes all the veterans and uh, and that he's having fun. So in the entire context of his of his comments, okay, I don't see any problem with what he's saying. In fact, I like what he's saying. What he's saying is that me, a 26-year-old going on 27 years old, former first-round pick, uh, I've had two good seasons, and I still have that competitive fire that I want to play every day, and I want to be in the lineup, and I want to help the team win. You want people that want to play. I, like, what he's saying is that, you know, you wouldn't meet very many big leaguers that don't care about playing. Yeah, is absolutely the case. So, um, I think that all of that is good. And he also needs to recognize that his play has not warranted him playing every day. And that's the catch 22, right? Like if, if you haven't been playing well, you're not going to play every day. If you're not playing every day, it's really hard to get into a rhythm uh, of playing well, but he did play quite a bit last year It's probably the most he's ever played. And he really struggled. Um, I think he had like a, a, a WRC plus in the eighties or something like that. Yeah, so, he was the tor- torn labrum in his shoulder. He healed that up in the off season, but um, yeah, no, I, I he certainly he's struggled to refine that magic because you you've seen Dom, yeah. you know, do to just wonderful things on the baseball field, and I, you know, from a observer's point of view, of course, we're not in Dom's head. We're not in that clubhouse. We don't know the true situation, but it kind of seemed like, yeah, of course, everybody wants to play more, but it seemed like he was really kind of fitting into that role nicely. He was playing a bunch of first base. He was playing a wonderful defensive first base, but, yeah. you know, you go over 20, it's it's kind of tough to justify getting in every day. And then, you know, he'll have that one game where he four hits or two big hits or, or whatever yeah. the case may be. And, and that baseball game. It's ups and downs, and that's – that's baseball, man. That's just it's what it is. And I think we've seen it, I guess, firsthand um, over the, you know, the first, what are we, probably six weeks in, almost six weeks exactly. Uh, yeah, six weeks exactly today. And, so, and- like, a tale, of, uh, a tale of two teams almost, at least on the offensive side. The pitching's been terrific. But, you know, April, the Mets are um, just – you know, out of this world, they're first in the league in runs. They're not striking. They're still not striking out. Uh, you know, the runners in scoring position, everything's working out well. And as this game has a tendency of doing, whether it's adjustments being made on the other side or just, you know, the game catching up to people, you don't stay in the groove. It's impossible to do it. Um, you know, the Mets had to um, scratch out wins instead of rolling to them. And, you know, the first three weeks of May were uh, two and a half weeks of May were, were very, um, you know, at least compared to April. So I, I have numbers here from May 1st to the 17th, which was Tuesday. Mets hit 239, 306, 374 as a team, which, of course, batting average is above league average because, because no one's hitting. But 
101 rated runs created plus was 17th in the league. 68 runs over that span was 15th in the league. Very much pedestrian stuff. Although they're running runners in scoring position, their average in May is actually higher than it was in April, which blew my mind. I did not expect that. But, uh, you know, Lindor up until a few days ago, just awful slump hitting 150, 243, 267 over 70 plate appearances. Escobar, 167, 237, 278 over 59 plate appearances. You know, Canna, even leading up to the last few days, was hitting just 205, 273, 436. And then all of a sudden, Wednesday and Thursday, and at a time, again, we said it in the first half when, you know, normally, not normally, but we've seen Mets teams, you know, a bad inning gets them down, an injury gets them down, a, a bad story in the media gets them down. This team's like just impermeable to outside forces, and it's just so cool to see. And what do they do Wednesday and Thursday amid all the Max Scherzer stuff? They put up uh, 18 runs, go eight for 26 with runners in scoring position, 22 hits and only 13 strikeouts. Like, guys just snap out of it just like that. It's amazing. It's uncanny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's clearly good chemistry and they want to fight for each other. And I don't know if you saw, but when they were getting on the plane today after the game, they're all wearing uh, Eduardo Escobar shirts. So pick them up. Pick them up. Exactly. And this follows Jankowski, uh, uh, them uh, uh, wearing the shirts with his name and number on the back. And um, I mean, just listen to the things that they say. Like, so Starling Marte, obviously going through a terrible time. For those that don't know, his grandmother who raised him after his mother died when he was a young boy, uh, just passed away. So that's why he was away from the team. He was on bereavement. Um, but I think it's been two years now since his wife died of a heart attack, just out of the blue. And, um, and, and you hear Buck's comments. What Buck says is not like, uh, you know, it's a tough time for Starling. He says, it's been a tough time for us like that. It feels like a family. So, um, I, every time you think that they're going to go down, like uh, that, that something bad is going to happen. Um, they, they keep rallying. So uh, this team has shown their fight. I think we got to continue to believe. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the rest of May is, is full of struggles because like you said, they, they've got to get into the, the groove of not having their stopper, right? Like, you always count on Scherzer to be the stopper uh, and give you those innings. So they're going to have to figure that out and pick themselves up and continue to pick themselves up. And, uh, and I'm hopeful that what we've seen is going to continue. I think you can look around and see inspired play coming from so many different sources. I mean, you know, you know, Jeff McNeil's having a Jeff McNeil plus season. This is like Jeff McNeil, the super squirrel season so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Nimmo is is heading into free agency with a head full of steam. Yep. He's playing, he's staying healthy, which is uh, that's I think even more important than his production. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing he's been played a hundred games what twice in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, of course, you know we saw we saw that that was a prime example on on Thursday, just absolute moonshot. But look at Luis Guillorme. Luis yeah. Guillorme takes his chance, uh, takes his opportunities and doesn't just run with them. He, he, he takes them and he just, he multiplies them. He, he, you know, 
just ah, he's like a hustler with his opportunities, man. <laughs> he flips them over and he just multiplies them. That's so true. entering Thursday over his last 50 plate appearances, Luis Quijorme is hitting 357, 438, 500. 176 weighted runs created plus. I believe he had another hit or two on. I, I have to check. I know yeah. he definitely had one hit on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I think he had a couple. Two hits. So those numbers all went up. And, you know, you look at him. And, and I don't want to say that, oh, yeah, you know, look at the other guys in the bench. How come they're not? But they are. You know, and we talked about Dom's struggles. But still, he'll still come out for two hits when, when – maybe nobody expects it. J.D. Davis hits the cover off the ball. They're not falling, but that's okay. Janikowski has just been, you know, unbelievable. Uh, You know, this is the type of performances that you look to when, you know, when your Lindors or your Canas are are, are not, you know, are not feeling it. And then, you know, you turn around and Lindor, I guess, Wednesday and Thursday combined, he's three for five with four walks and five runs scored. Mark Canna is four for his last 12, five runs scored and two walks. I mean, you know, whoever it has to be, you take the, you know, you, you, you take the front spot and you keep on, keep everybody moving and just keep that train going. This team's going to be dealt with adversity. It's going to happen, but I think it's all about how, how you respond to it. And boy, and comes back to the pitching staff now. And really, if this group can, Keep it, can hold it together three times through the rotation, which might be asking a lot. If they can do that, bridge the gap, say, all right, maybe the Mets aren't in such bad space, a bad shape. And, you know, maybe the Mets get a little leverage back and say, oh, you know, we're just looking for some reinforcement pieces. And then Epler works his magic. And, you know, they really make a push. And I know everyone's heard it a million times how getting an injured player back at the trade deadlines, like a, a, a new addition. And it's not, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life, but adding a Jacob deGrom and a Max Scherzer in July or maybe even August or whatever, boy, that's helping for a team that's in contention. It is. And, and I think that the timing of this is really what sucks as much as the injury, because this is probably like the six most difficult weeks of the Mets season are coming up. Um, June is just uh, a dog fight and, and you're, we wouldn't have it any other way, pal. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, again, these three games, it's really important. I'm very hopeful that we'll see uh, Lindor and Escobar start to get going. Maybe that, that thin air helps them a little bit, get their swing going. Um, I bet you there's, I bet you there's a few things out in Colorado that'll get everybody's head straight. (laughs) That's, Hi-oh. that's right. <laughs> uh, what do you got? What do you got cooking this weekend? Uh, nothing. Just going to uh, study for the bar and um, got to take that at the end of July. So trying to relearn every, everything that I forgot from uh, my first year of law school. And then um, next week, uh, the twins will be back. So we'll get to watch some live baseball again. That'll be fun. Excellent. Sounds good, man. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for today. Um, you guys know where to find us. Simply Amazing is on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to pods. And yeah, keep it locked on the Apple. I should apologize. I haven't been writing much. One, because I've been ridiculously busy. I've been taking on way too much. <laughs> I've bit off more than I can chew in every facet of my life. And um, 
yeah, the brain was a little cooked and it's felt nice to kind of take a break. I'm getting thoughts out when I need to, but yeah, stay tuned to the Apple. We'll have stuff coming out uh, consistently, maybe not like a machine as I was at times, but uh, still having fun with it. And I hope you guys are sticking around, but otherwise that's all we got. That's the, uh, you guys know the sign off. It's let's fucking go Mets and we will see you next time. Peace.